theoretically, uh -huh. theoretically, this episode mm -hmm. could have been so fucking cool. Yes. There's some things that, like, do truly drive me fucking insane about this episode. There are some things that I don't know if they realize they did. This sure was an episode of Criminal Minds that we watched. You know what? This was an episode of Criminal Minds. Hey, B, since we're talking about Criminal Minds, the television show, um, would you like to do a podcast about Criminal Minds, the show that we do watch? We could call the podcast Grills Up. Oh, James, I would love to do a podcast called Wheels Up with you, in which we are already on, like, the... 14th episode? 14th episode. <laughs> I would love to do this podcast that just came out of nowhere very organically, and it's not like we, you know, do this every week or anything. Well, fancy meeting you in this recording studio. Wow. How did we both end up on this website? How did we At both the same end up... time? Wow. Yeah, what are both the recording. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> A fancy meeting you here. The internet, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> this oh, episode. Yeah. I, okay, here's the thing. We are talking about season one, episode 14, Riding the Lightning. Yes. Let's just get that out of okay. the way. Okay, yes, now go. <laughs> um, general thoughts. Wheels um, down. Like usual, JJ does make my wheels go up. Rest of the episode wheels. <laughs> that sounds like such a weird innuendo. Man, she really gets my wheels going up. Dude. Yeah, I did do that on purpose. JJ, JJ does um, rev my engine and get my wheels up. She makes me put my seat in an upright position. <laughs> Is that anything? Is that anything? No, that's nothing. You've said nothing. <laughs> say what you were actually going to say. Wheels oh, down goodbye. for this episode. Yes. There are few really cute moments in this that i liked like fun yeah. them moments yeah yeah that's okay here's the thing about this episode right it's mm -hmm. like i like all the parts of this episode but then the end of it gets so preachy you know and like gideon makes like four separate rando bible references and i'm just like wow why? There's. I mm -hmm. don't. I don't think the guy that they got to play the male serial killer worked for this episode. I I love that I think actor, the... and I couldn't tell you what else he is in, but I think he was too strong. Exactly, like the lady, Sarah Jane played i think a much she played more within the context of this episode i think she yeah. played better in this episode i think the mm -hmm. guy could have played a great one-off serial killer in another episode of criminal minds i don't think he fit the tone of this episode you're so right you know you're so right and i get that like that contrast was supposed to be i get that it was supposed was to be a contrast but it was so it just didn't click right and and i couldn't picture them in any sort of relationship like before this like that guy is so clearly unstable mm -hmm. manic like i wish they talked like did he have a job because he was like a carpenter i guess and really liked arches and that was it and they never explained the arch thing they never explained the arch they thing. never explained it they were just, just like this is something arches. architecturally that he likes yeah end of but story like, <laughs> but like that's not a man that can hold down a job 
Like that's not a man who's like, I'm going to go do some work in my workshop for 10 hours. Don't bother me. Like, like that guy says, Hey, I'm going to go out for a bit and you don't see him for three days. You know, like that's the kind of guy that is, he's not like, like how did he have a staple job ever? Yeah. I think it comes down to like, it just, he would have been a fucking great yeah. killer in some other episode. I don't mm-hmm. think he was the right personality for this episode. Yeah, like he would have been great for like a, you know, a little arc like Mark Hamill was, like Tim Curry was, like Mr. Mm-hmm. Scratch. Like if he was one of those, I would have been in love with him as an unsub. Yeah. But in this episode, it's like, dude, give it up. You've been in jail for 16 fucking years. Like, <laughs> you know, and I get that. You're going to die point, at the was... end of the episode. You're going to die. That's the whole point of this episode, sir. And then he does die and you're like, well, I feel nothing now. Especially <laughs> like, because like. When they talk to the mom, she says that Jacob was like shy and quiet and smart. And then when you meet him, he's fucking like the Joker. In, uh, yeah, he's an unhinged maniac when you meet him and you're like, wait, hold like, up. What? How, how did I ever, how did he ever fool anyone into thinking he was normal? Like it was, that was the thing that I didn't understand. Like he didn't seem like he would have the capability to pass as someone who you know, got people close to that, you know? It's, yeah, it doesn't, his his personality doesn't match with the kind of person who killed 18 people and only got caught for, like, 12 of them, right? Like, he didn't get caught yeah. for a very long time, right? Yeah. That just, like, I don't know, it just doesn't, something about it didn't match, and maybe we'll find out as we're going through this episode, but, like, there was just something that didn't click with yeah. him in contrast to her. Yeah, and I think... Now let's talk about her for a moment. I think she was absolutely perfect. Yeah, I think that actress, I'm going to name her real quick because I think she did a great job. She was honestly amazing. I think she held her own against Gideon. You know, I think that she um, was great. Like, like I did care about her, you know, And, and they made me care about her in a way that at the end, you know, when Gideon is like, let me save your life, let me save your life. I kept being like, dude, look how calm she is. Like, yeah, she's so sure of this. Like, let her do this, you know, just because like she was such a stable, you know, kind person, you know? Yeah, she's really good. She's also, um, the actress is Janetta Arnett. Um, she's been in a whole lot of things. Oh, yeah. Her uh her IMDb page is long. Name some like big story. Stuff. Um, she was in Head of the Class. She was in the Jackie Thomas show. Hmm. More recently, she was in uh, Extant. She was in Switched at Birth a little bit. She was in. Um... I like her. I knew that. I saw her She's and I was also... like, I was like, I know who that is, but. None of these I've seen. She's done a lot of... She's also done a lot of, like, um, one-offs of, like, these types of shows. Like, she's done CSI and Law and & Order and all ER. versions of CSI and all versions of Law and & Order and <laughs> yeah. an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And of you know course. what I mean? Like, she's done a lot of things, so you might just recognize her and not know what from. Yeah, but she is so good. Someone get this woman in, like, a tragedy. She is really good. And she, yeah. I think... Like, so good in this episode. 
Yeah. Truly, like, one of the best, I think, portrayals of a quote-unquote unsub that we've seen thus far. I think she's yeah. really good. You know, and I and think- so tragic. Yeah, and I think she makes it really believable that she wouldn't have known. Like, I think you can tell that she's, like, a genuinely kind person, especially yeah. with how, like, you know, the warden to Gideon is like, we need to wipe these people, like, off the face of the planet. We need to get rid of them in their memory. You know, but then he, like, takes her outside to see the stars, and she's like, how's your son doing? Like, she knows his name. Like, clearly she is, like, a caring person, you know? And I think it's, like... Yeah. You know, I think in times like these, like I think of Broadchurch, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you watch Broadchurch, but the, um, oh, here's a, it's a big spoiler for Broadchurch. Well, let me be vague about it. The main character is a police, the main female character is a police uh, officer, detective, detective inspector, whatever the fuck they call them in England. Um, <laughs> and she, like, there was a crime that happened a while ago that it ended up being the woman's like husband that did it. And the police officer, like she keeps being like, how, how could you not have known like it was happening in your house, whatever. Uh, and then when the crime that's happening in the show is solved, it's somebody uh, very close to her and people then turn to her and say like, how could you not have known, you know, like mm-hmm. it was happening in your house. And, and she has the moment of like, I didn't know. I didn't know. How could mm-hmm. I have known, you know? And I feel like, this show, this episode, I mean, they never like say it, but I feel like it's kind of like implied that people are like people keep saying they go to hell, Sarah Jean, like all that kind of stuff. Think that she was part of it, think that she knew and she let them, you know, but like in reality, she didn't know. And I believe that, you know, like this yeah. actress, like I believe that, especially like the thing where she painted a bouquet of roses and there were only 12 even though he has 18 victims you know and like they they found another body that's why they're here and she flips out you know like I the actress just like I there's no doubt you know they're not trying she's not playing like maybe I did it maybe I didn't like you yeah. so clearly believe her that yeah it it's just so she does such a good job this episode yeah I, I like almost it made me like Jason Gideon a little bit because the back and forth that they have is really good. Actually. I think they have a really good rapport. I know why this guy is so familiar to me. The male unsub. He's fucking why? Charles Hoyt from criminal, from Resilient Isles. He plays oh. the guy that's like Resilient Isles, like tormentor, torturer guy. Oh, he's a great actor. He was great as Charles Hoyt. He's in four episodes. <laughs> he's creepy as fuck. You know, that's, what he should be doing. This him already oh, in jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? He's from, K- he's from KC. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah, get him, my man. <laughs> you weren't great in this episode of CM, but I trust you're great in everything else. Yeah. He was really good in, in Resilient Isles. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh. Oh, God. and he's in the blacklist. That's where I know him from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's in 24. <laughs> uh, he's in a lot of things. I think he plays this kind of guy a lot. And I've yeah. seen the X-Files. Um, yeah, so he does Damn. a lot of stuff like this. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like every time Sarah Jane was on screen, I was like, I love this episode. And then every time he was on screen, I was like, God, I don't give two shits about this guy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, let's go through this episode because okay. there are some things that I do genuinely like. And one of them mm-hmm. comes right at the very beginning. Yeah. Because we get... 
admittedly it's a weird scene but the the first thing is like gideon listening to a cello, cello. performance yeah crying one single tear one single tear <laughs> i want to explain to you why i think that music choice is fucking genius yeah the Music that they chose is Bach's uh, Prelude in G Major. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most famous cello song of all time because it yeah. plays in fucking everything. But I really <laughs> like the choice here because I'm going to get into music theory for like half a second. Bear with me. I promise it makes sense. I can do it. So on um, in Prelude in G Major, the it's it's like a prelude to a dance so it's like a little bit sort of just like a light airy little like get you get you ready to get you ready to dance get you ready to move. um mm -hmm. using the g major scale like bach did to construct this piece um the bass note that you have is obviously g the other really important note when you're looking at scales is the fifth because for some reason the fifth of any scale just sounds good to our ears that's just a music theory fact that we're just like this sounds good so this is important musically don't ask me why. I don't know why. <laughs> sure, it just sounds harmony, good to right? our ears, and we love it. Yeah. In this in this piece, that those notes are G, which is your bass note, and then D, which is that fifth. On the cello that um, this piece is most commonly like, this is you almost always just hear a cello or like two cellos on it. On the instrument, the cello, the open strings are. C, G, D, and A, going from C is the lowest, A to the highest. So the open two strings of G and D are like the main strings that you use for this piece. So the whole piece has this very like light, bouncy, open, airy, like energy to it. And you can hear that even as like somberly as it's played in here. It's like a light little dancey tune. Yeah. I love them using a light, open, airy, dancey tune to contrast with the fact that these two people are in prison and haven't seen light or open air forever. You know, mm -hmm. I like that they use it to contrast the internal conflict, but also the fact that, like, this episode happens pretty much entirely in the same, like, four rooms of a prison. Mm -hmm. So I like that they're like, let's start it off with this, like, open, with this piece that is notorious for being played over, like, open montages and like sweeping landscape shots and it's just jason gideon crying one single tear i just love that they made that musical choice and so shout out to the music supervisor on this episode i see what you did there Heck i see yeah. what you did and i love it i know nobody else in the world will go as deep into it as i just did but like i see you no i really I like the music it. i couldn't tell you the name of the song but i recognized it it's like that song you know <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I played cello for years and then bass for years. So whenever I hear that song, oh. I'm like knee twitch reaction. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I do think it was good, especially because it, it like the song fades and the um visual fades into getting in the car. Jason's immediately like, yeah, so Sarah Jean and Jacob Dawes did kill twelve people, and like <laughs> immediately and like, okay, well. they go from this little. <laughs> boppy little jaunty tune to like hey anyway 12 people died and oh, they, then we're about to add two more <laughs> she uses the word butchered sarah jane sarah jean and jacob dawes butchered 12 girls and that's like what interrupts the scene also okay here's the thing about it though right mm -hmm. flash forwards aren't common i don't think 
And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, we're having a flash. Like, I didn't remember how it shifted. So I was like, oh, this is either going to be like a flashback or he's going to have to like leave the concert or something. No, Mm -hmm. it's just like a thing. It's just a thing. It was just like, hey, Gideon, you're telepathically like connected to this crime, (laughs) by the way. Which is very interesting. Yeah, I they sometimes some shows do go through enough effort to like do it often enough that you're like okay flash forward this makes sense i'm you know i'm confused but i'm with it Mm -hmm. this show does not make that effort to ever make you realize that it's a flash forward it's always a flashback and it's also it's not even like a scene like because i feel like criminal minds will do that occasionally Mm -hmm. you know have a scene and then be like two days ago you yeah. know, like three mm-hmm. days before, that kind of thing. This was not that. This is like you open on Gideon crying at an orchestra show. Um, and then we're just kind of in a cart. And then 30 seconds later, yeah. it's done. Like it it's... just crossfades pretty much immediately. It's so it's a weird yeah. choice. It was just like, it was over. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. It's one of those things that like, I would not give a shit about if I hadn't played the cello for years you know <laughs> yeah. if i didn't have the music theory background that yeah. i do i would not have given a shit about why they're playing that song right then you know <laughs> i will say though i did i was like oh because so the episode before this is gideon and al having the conversation about like it's always better for families to be together and then i think <laughs> yeah. the episode before that was him calling his son so when i yeah. saw this scene i was like oh is he watching his son play the cello is his son a cellist? Yeah, that was my first. His, I was like, I was like, oh, was he invited to see his son's show? Uh, and then one, to, no, and two, <laughs> it just like ended, and I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> okay. okay. I was like, okay. I guess I'll, I guess we'll learn the emotional significance of that eventually. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're in the car. Okay, before we talk about the scene, I have to say that I loved this. Okay, they, it's two cars. They've broken into two cars. The mm-hmm. first car is Derek driving, Gideon in the front seat, uh, JJ in the back seat. They're just talking about yeah. the cases. JJ's like, dude, what the fuck? This is terrible. <laughs> and then it cuts to the other car, which I'm going to call <laughs> the fun car, <laughs> which is L driving. Yeah. Um, Hatch in the passenger seat looking at his files. And then the back seat, Reed. And then Penelope, who is... She's sitting, like, behind the passenger seat, behind Hotch, but she is fully just in Reed's lap. Yeah. And I literally was like, oh, my God. (laughs) This would be the best road trip ever. It would be such a fun car. There's, like, the grown-up car, and then there's, like, (laughs) the fun car, you know? And, like, at some point, Hotch is like, can I switch cars? (laughs) Please. Just like I did have the conversation. I would like to switch cars, you know, and they do. And then eventually JJ is like, God, this car is boring. I'm going to go to the fun car. Like, <laughs> it's so. I just love it. I just like loved that they had, there was like a business car and a fun car. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But I also like that they were just like, this is, I think, the earliest time we haven't seen them in cars much this season, right? No, so they've just like in... been magically teleporting around, right? For the yeah, most we ha- part. We haven't gotten any very good on the plane to a location yet. Yeah, so um, I like that they're just like, hey, actually, guys, don't worry. This time, 
they're going places and you can see it as yeah. we <laughs> drive down the most like cracked ill-maintained county highway known to man fucking central florida um <laughs> i wrote that in i wrote in full cap central florida lmao because <laughs> <laughs> of course it is um yeah i think the only time we've gotten kind of like a scene similar to this would be in derailed when it's like yeah Derek driving hotch in the passenger seat <laughs> read JJ Gideon in the back. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, anyway. There's my little fun moment. That was just a little moment that I really loved. Um, I know, I, I liked it. It was really yeah. good. So, we get our introduction to the case. Sarah Jean and Jacob Dawes butchered 12 girls, and now it's 13 because they have just found a new body. Hillary Dixon disappeared 16 years ago, and she was found buried under Sarah's mom's living room. How was she found? I'm so glad you asked. It isn't a deleted scene. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you like that? I have a whole transition there. It's really good. It's really good. I do my best. Um, So in the deleted scene, it's an older woman. We don't know who she is. Uh, She's her house is getting having work done on it. And she uh is like she's in like a negligee she's an older woman older older and she's like in a negligee with like a cardigan like drinking and there's these two guys uh doing the work and they just kind of like get up and leave and she's like oh come on guys don't you want to drink like very clearly has been harassing these men while they try to work on her house and then she takes a step and her foot goes through a floorboard and she, it's like, oh, gosh, she pulls her foot out. She lifts the shoe and there's a fucking skull. Yes, that's right. Sarah Jean's mother found the body under her floor. Oh, my God. That's why when we see her later, she is shit-faced. <laughs> Man, I thought they were just saying that she was a drunk old lady like they sometimes do. I mean, it, it kind of seemed like she was always kind of like a sleazy, like... yeah. Hey, worker man, I will sexually harass you while you come to my house. Like, she seems like she was always like that, but no, she was very yeah. drunk because she did find that body, though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see why that's a deleted scene, but that is also so fucking funny. <laughs> I think I, my guess is that was supposed to be the opening scene to the episode. Would be her, like, you know, who's this woman flirting with these guys? You know, are they going to hurt her? And then her foot steps through the floor and it's a skull and she screams. She like drops her cup and it's like, ah, ah, ah. And it like just cuts. So I assume that's how the episode was like going to start. And then yeah, they and then went they... for like the emotional weight, quotation marks, emotional weight. I don't know who he's listening to at the beginning of this episode. It means nothing to me. Yeah. Anyway. Weird. Okay. Yeah. No, now that, now that you mention it, that does sound like an opening scene that they would do. It sounds like an opening, opening scene of criminal rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were like, we had some other shit to get through um, before yeah. the title sequence rolled on this one gang. Yeah. Um, and also I feel like if JJ is just going to be like, they found, you know, the body buried under Sarah's mom's living room. We didn't need to also see. It the happen. body being under sarah's you know, mom's yeah. living room yeah yeah Fair. oh i also wanted to say excuse me i keep um i also wanted to say that i liked the way we got the information about this case between the two cars like they managed to integrate it pretty 
casually, they really like, they really emphasized, you know, like the kids of the team, JJ, mm-hmm. Reed, Penelope, you know, aren't going to be familiar with every single this case. case. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Reed is, but L isn't, you know, so like mm-hmm. they did a good job of having people be like, this is really terrible. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, but here's also this information, you know, they did a good job of being conversational as opposed to, like we find out um, that Penelope is like, he killed blonde girls. I'm a blonde girl. You know, it's like, that's how we found out that. And that is like, important blonde, yeah. because later when JJ goes in, we already have the information that he was killing blonde girls, you know? So I, I really liked the way they kind of subtly you know, give us information. Yeah, I also like, they had a little moment where Reed is like nerding out because he's like, this will be the first serial killer couple recorded for Vicap. Like, he's like, this is an interesting thing that we haven't seen before. And also, don't they make a mention of like, well, the court really didn't care about their dynamics or if she was actually innocent or not. Like, they just wanted the case fucking closed kind of thing, which I like. Yeah, Elle has her, like, fuck men, fuck the system. They didn't care about their dynamics or if she was innocent. They wanted swept away. (laughs) Honestly, so true, Queen. So true, Queen. So true. We find out that Sarah Jean was called the Ice Queen by the media during the case because she, like, was so composed. And, like, seeing... You know, I'm glad we got that information because it definitely, like, set up her stoicism you know Mm -hmm. um it definitely like the propaganda works on us the audience you know of her being yeah queen and i think it's they definitely set it up especially when they're like going into the prison and they see like the only signs that they have are like sarah jean go to hell and like (laughs) the other the one who has fans is him not her and so i like that they set up this like deep misogyny real early i love it i love it and like she does have this kind of like I'm gonna die I don't really care like we're doing it and at the beginning it's it can be a little Mm off-putting that she's so like hey it's been a month like can I see it now okay bye like this whole thing you're like damn she is a cold-hearted killer and then you find out why she's being like that and you're like oh my god I love you Sarah Jean like I know (laughs) you're like damn okay girl JJ says Sarah Jean killed her two-year-old son and 12 girls. And Gideon's like, well, you know, Sarah Jean only confessed to killing her son. You know, she didn't confess to killing the girls. Okay, one of the things I didn't like about this is it's really unclear what they were convicted of. Yeah, they, like, mention this whole, like, court case and the whole idea, like, the whole ordeal often, but they don't say like was she convicted of 13 counts of murder like he was or was she only convicted of one and is now just being sent to death row for the one murder that she did admit that she like it's it's very unclear you're right and yeah and and i think it needed to be set up more because it her killing her son being false her having falsely confessed is what would get her off death row but stopped her from being killed so it's like if she lied about killing her son does that mean she also lied about killing the other people she never confessed to those was she convicted of it though like i just like really would like to know like is she on death row for killing her two-year-old son um and if so like how did that 
had how she confessed, but there was never a body. They wouldn't have found his blood. There would be there's no evidence of a crime except that her son was no longer at the house and she confessed. And I don't think that's necessarily like enough to convict somebody of a crime. I mean, I don't know, right? Like habeas corpus, produce the body. Yeah, it doesn't. No, you're right in that it is weird. And yeah. I don't, I, I, it did definitely need to be clearer. I think because like, would he have also gotten off of death row if their son was alive? We don't know. Right, like, was was he convicted? But that's never, like, in question for him. It's only in question for her. So, like, was right. he not convicted of the kid's murder? Was he only convicted of the 12? It's Yeah. Like, I, I think if he had been convicted of the 12 and the kid, the kid being false would not have erased the 12 mm-hmm. girls. But they didn't, like, didn't say what it was. Like, like you know, was it like he'd gotten, you know, 13 life sentences? You know, like, or 13 um death senses like like what what were they convicted of i just want to know yeah no but it also (laughs) yeah it sets up it's so weird because they're like never trying to they're never wanting to get that the dude off of death row which is fair because he is a fucking insane person like he acts incredibly perverse the whole time he is on screen um, but they're always trying to get her, like, they go in thinking that she's innocent is what it kind of feels like. Yeah. Like, it's pretty immediate that they're like, she didn't do this, guys. Yeah. And it just, it seems weird to me that they, like, they had all this time to set everything up. And they're like, we don't care about the convictions. Hand wave it away. It's TV. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> and it's it's really interesting to me, right? Because for her, saving Riley is, like, the gotcha to Jacob. She wins because Riley's alive. But what's interesting to me is, so the reason they think he's dead is because Jacob ordered her to go kill Riley. Yeah. But Sarah Jean has never killed anybody. Why would he think that she would be capable of murder if she's never been murdered about it, never murdered anybody, and didn't even know about it? You know, like, like, he would be like, she has no idea I've killed anybody. She has no idea there's murder even happening. But hey, Sarah Jean, they're coming for me. Go kill our son. Like, I just don't understand why, like, why he, like, I, I totally believe he'd order it. But I, I can't, I don't know why he would just, like, blindly be like. She yeah, definitely, she definitely did. did. I believe it. this. Yeah. I guess maybe she confessed. But I don't know. Right? Doesn't that yeah, feel weird? Yeah, he doesn't seem he doesn't seem like the type to give up control for something as big as killing his own son. Right. As, as because... fucked up as it sounds, that's it doesn't right. seem like he's that doesn't track for me. Yeah, and it's like what was he doing in those hours between the first time the cops visited and then when they came back? Because none of the bodies were gone from under his workshop. The body under the mom wasn't gone. The body under the gazebo wasn't gone. So, like, I think the more realistic thing would be. Like he went out and killed the son. Yeah, that's what would have tracked for me too. Or like if he, I'm so shocked he didn't kill her. To be honest with you, 
Yeah. Because if they had three hours in between visits, we'll yeah. get to it later. But like, how yeah. he, he didn't murder her? I feel like Weird. a more believable twist for this episode would be like, he says, get Riley, get in the car. They drive out somewhere remote. And he says, okay, I'm going to go kill Riley. And she says, wait, I'll do it. I'm his mother. You know? And then she takes yeah. Riley out into the woods and then fucking leaves him there. You know? Like, yeah. if there was some... But, but what actually happens is she's like, yeah, I'm going to go kill him. She takes him to an employer's house and says, my husband told me to kill my kid. I'm not going to take the baby. Here's... This is your son now. This is your son now. <laughs> hey, this boy, he's yours now. Or like if if her husband was like, hey, actually I've killed 12 people and you just didn't know about it. Now go kill our son. Why wouldn't she take the baby to the police and say, hey, I know I lied while you were here because I was scared. But now, like, I believe what you were saying. He straight up told me he killed he straight 12 up told people. Me, yeah, like put this kid in protective custody and like yeah. she keeps saying like the kid's not safe as long as jacob is alive but there was no like um like why didn't she trust the police why did she like like why did she think he would be able to get to the boy while in jail like it, it didn't sound like he was like the head of some crime operation he was just like one dude he was you one know. dude with a workshop and a fetish for arches. Like Yeah, and and and, and I, I understand because they say that she looked that she really behaves kind of like a war victim. That's how they describe her. And yeah. I I understand that. And I understand the abuse she must have been going through. Mm-hmm. You know, but if she's strong enough to, you know, give the baby Hide. away instead of killing it and then keep yeah. quiet about it for 16 years and willing to die, like Clearly, her preservation instincts towards her child were stronger than whatever hold he had on her, even 16 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This episode, this episode both does and doesn't hold up when you actually look at it. Yeah. Because you're like, none of the reason why they're here doing anything makes sense. But I do like the, the, like their conversations and I do like the back and forth that they have. And it's interesting sometimes. Yeah. It's like the, the setup and the reason for the episode makes no sense. But if you accept what they've said, the episode makes sense. It's like, yeah. Thing. Which, Hey, it's a serialized, you know, propaganda mm-hmm. TV show. You can't win them all. <laughs> you can't win every episode. They you, can't all be bangers. You win some, you lose more. <laughs> you lose quite a lot. Uh, speaking of, um, cringy criminal mind shit. Derek does call the electric chair old Sparky, and they're also still using an electric chair. In was the electric chair still in use in two thousand six? I think I I cannot. I can't imagine it would be. I also think Florida has got rid of the death penalty. Oh. Oh, wait, this is a... When was the last electric hair execution in Florida? 1999. <laughs> um, hey, Criminal Minds. Oh, what the fuck, Criminal Minds? I mean, people were still being put on death row 
So yeah, so the the last electric chair killer was in 1999. And after that, from 2000 until 2019, uh, people were being killed by lethal injection. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is Florida still a capital punishment state? Unfortunately, I think most states are. Really? I really thought there were fewer... As of November 7th, 2020, 339 offenders are awaiting execution in Florida State Prison. Um, yeah. Uh, it's because of fucking Rick Scott. I hate that guy. He's like Governor. He does look like Florida. Um, he looks like Voldemort. It just... I don't know. Like, it's... So... Even when I started watching this episode and they had like that whole weird montage where they like do glamour shots of the electric chair. And I'm what not sure why that, that exists. <laughs> I'm not sure why any of those like, scenes exist. Like, why is there like, you're so right. It's like glamour shot clip show. I was like, why am I like looking at like sexy montage of an electric chair? <laughs> like what the fuck? It's like a car commercial, but for an electric chair. And it's weird. And even like, Oh no, oh no. So I just looked up Alt Sparky. It's it was na- apparently Alt- one specific no. chair, right? Uh, electric chairs were had names. Alt Sparky is the nickname of the electric chairs in Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. Old Smokey was the nickname of the electric chairs used in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. Hmm. I don't... I don't enjoy the idea that they did give electric chairs nicknames. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, because they said if we call it Old Sparky, it's a deterrent. Like the death? <laughs> old Sparky, though. <laughs> That'll get him to stop. <laughs> oh, so, okay, here it is. Uh... Lethal injection was enabled in 1999 and became the default method. Inmates, however, may still choose electrocution. In January 2014, Wayne Dottie asked the state to carry out his death sentence by electric chair, becoming the first inmate to do so since electrocution became optional. Oh, there's only... Okay. The only execution chamber in Florida is located at Florida State Prison, which is where this episode takes place. Um, when sentenced, male convicts who receive the death penalty are incarcerated at either Florida State Prison itself or at Union Correctional Institution next door, while female convicts who are sentenced to death are incarcerated at Lowell Correctional Institution north of Ocala, and then they're moved to death row at Florida State Prison. So, okay, so according to the real-life facts, which we know criminalizes and super like, she has been, Sarah Jean has been in a different prison all this time for 15 years she's been in a different prison from him so that Mm -hmm. scene where they walk by each other is the first time they've seen each other in 15 years i mean like i knew they weren't like probably hanging out yeah like the idea that they've been you know separated is uh interesting so let me cut to sarah jean uh they walked to her death row cell and the warden is like there's going to be a guard outside your cell 24-7. You'll get your effects soon. You can't leave your cell. Your last meal has to be less than $20. $20. Which, um, ripe. 
uh, and then Sarah Jean says, it's, it'll be a full month tomorrow. Like, can I see it? And he says, sorry, it's against policy. And you don't learn what it is. Uh, no, she says it'll be a full moon tomorrow. Oh, a full moon. Yeah. I thought she said a full month. Like it's no. been a month since she's been outside. Nah, it's a full moon, baby. Oh. I thought it was like emotionally significant that it had been like a month since she went outside and then she got to go outside. Nah, it's just a full moon. Because everybody oh. likes the moon. Yeah. You know, the moon. I can't think of a single person who doesn't look at the moon and go, hey, the moon. You Every know? time I see the moon in the daytime, I'm like, that's the moon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, you can see the moon. It's most days you can see the moon, but every single time I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. I'm always like shocked that it's there. I'm like, oh, hey, look at you there. Fancy seeing uh, yeah. you there up in the sky. <laughs> oh, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> uh, moon. Okay. Florida State Penitentiary. So they they drive into the prison, and there's a bunch of people. And they're like 50%. God, we have been recording for 45 minutes and we're just getting to the <laughs> driving. <laughs> uh, but yes, this will be our first three hour long episode. No, no here's the thing. A lot here's of the thing. stuff already. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a lot about the big stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just looked up at the time and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> We've said nonsense. Continue, I remember none of it. Okay. They drive into the prison and there's a big crowd shouting and they're kind of 50%. You see people with signs that are like born in hell, Sarah Jean, et cetera, et cetera. But then you meet, we learn about the women of Jacob who, who are women who try to look like his victims. Uh, so they're and- serial killer groupies, which is, I think the first time the show touches on serial killer groupies. I think so too. Um, and they, they don't, don't touch on it any more than just like <laughs> looking at them outside the window. But you know, they I was, they admit they're there. I was just gonna say that. I was I'm literally sorry. like, they mention them. No, they, at one point they show like a like when he's dying, they show like a prayer circle. The girls are all like holding hands in like, yeah. a circle, which is like okay, uh, whatever. So then, oh, so I wrote this. This is where we see Jacob the first time. So what was interesting to me is Sarah Jane is like in a triangle you know there's two guards behind her and then the warden in front of her she has no cuffs no chains she's just walking and then jacob is wearing like this belt that his hands are cuffed to with the chains to his legs and the guards have a hand in either arm like it was like such a contrast to her just being like oh yeah chill nice little walk and him being like fully like guarded cuffed everything you know mm-hmm. like somebody Which- else later somebody else lights his cigarette like they won't even give him like a lighter you know yeah. Yeah. I was it's to the point where like I was shocked when he had playing cards when they went into the room with Hotch. That was so weird. It was so weird. But like I think that just serves to show what we're talking about even more of like she's really good at playing innocent. If even the guards in death row prison are like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Just walk. And I think it's also interesting because like him having cards, like he says he's only been playing solitaire, but like he has a deck of cards. You know, and she's got like her paintings. I think it's just interesting that like he plays a game that you finish and you put away and there's nothing to show for it. And then she makes paintings that she can continue to look at. You know, he's got this kind of like short term attention span where she sits down and will paint, it seems, for a very long time, you know, Mm -hmm. just more subtle things about like their characters. Um, Okay. Gideon thinks there are more victims. 
we see flashes of the chair again, and then we get our voiceover quote, and it is a Bible quote. <laughs> it is a Bible quote. It's like, what is it, fucking Genesis this week? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's about, you know, revenge. It's like a man who sheds blood will have his blood shed, something like that. Uh, um, yeah. So then they show that it's Monday at 8 a.m., and they have 35 hours until the death. Once again, a time crunch. Like, every fucking one of these episodes is at a time limit. We always mention it. It always does. These early episodes, they don't know how to do shit without a time limit. Yeah. It's like, it's like they aren't sure how to make things feel urgent. So they just put a time limit. So there's urgency, you know? I think later they get better about, like, having crimes that are... Or, like, they focus more on criminals who, like, escalate mm -hmm. or who have, like, you know, just started a spree or just the spree's been, like, discovered and it's like a big deal, you know. But these early episodes, it's like a girl goes missing, um, a girl's being held for ransom, someone's going to, like, die in the electric chair. It's, like, very, it feels contained. Like, even though this guy has had 16 or 18 victims, you know, the episode is not about that. You know? Like, it is British. Yeah. 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 So we learn in 1985, there had been a string of missing girls. And then the police got an anonymous call that said Jacob had been seen with some of the girls. Um, and they don't know who called. And, yeah. And so they're at the prison. They're at in, like, the command center. Garcia's, like, all set up. And there's, like, <laughs> they put a big, like, <laughs> clock yeah. that was like 35 hours and I was like okay you could just I, I don't I don't I don't understand I think they like it's it shows us that Gideon really was like we have 36 hours to prove the innocence you know 36 hours to find more victims but I was really confused about this because they're like yeah we're gonna go talk to them about Vicap so, like, why do you do it? Like, what led to it? But that's not what they talk to either of them about. Yeah, they don't do any of the questionnaires I, no. that, like, they do for VICAP. They don't ask any of those questions. This is what I said. Like, they go into it trying to prove her innocence. Yeah. And to, and and that's to make it. him And to make him say there are more bodies. Yeah. It's so... I don't know. It's so weird... Like, I'm like, if you're, why didn't you get here earlier if you were going to do that fucking questionnaire? <laughs> why Why didn't you come here two days before? Why well, only 36 hours? Like, I don't know. 36 they, hours seems like a weird time frame too. I don't know. Yeah. And they like, they made a point of saying that this, these interviews were requested by them. Yeah. Like Jacob wanted them and separately Sarah Jean wanted them. But then when they show up, I mean, I guess for Jacob, you know, it's like a power trip. Yeah. He brought them all the way out here and he won't tell them that kind of thing. But like, hey, Sarah Jean, why'd you request this interview when you don't want to talk about anything? It was so, it was like, I don't believe that she would request this interview. Him, sure. I do not believe that she would request it. And. 
I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, why is the time frame so strict when like it doesn't look like they have any other people waiting on death row? <laughs> you know, like the cell block that Sarah Sarah Jean goes into is empty, empty except for her. Like, there's not other people that they're trying to get through quick, you know? Yeah. This isn't, like, the monthly death row, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. So, like, why can't you just wait a little bit? Okay, anyway, <sighs> yeah, whatever. Well anyway. Um, it's because it's Florida, and Florida says, fuck you, authorities. You know what? I'm not I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, Florida's real big on the, like, respect America, but also we do hate the government. Florida's like one of those states. Florida's a land of contradictions. Oh, isn't it just? Okay. So we find out that the police went to Sarah Jean's house. And they keep saying Sarah Jean's house when it's both their houses. And they never say if they were married or not. You know, like there were some things that I was just like, what was their relationship? You know? I think, well, they have this same technically oh, last name. Sure, they have sure, the sure. same last name so you can assume yeah. um also this episode they go back and forth between calling her sarah jane and sarah jean yeah they go back and forth all the time technically she's credited as sarah jean yeah but they do go back and forth and it really threw me the fuck off i was like yeah. Who's sarah jane yeah um and it's also so interesting to me that like her mom is in the picture, but they don't even, they don't talk about, like, his parents. Like, I know his parents were abusive, but, like, they don't try and talk to his parents at all. Um, and then if they keep calling it Sarah Jean's house, but Jacob's workshop. It was interesting. It was just interesting the way they were categorizing things. Yeah. Um, so the police go to, we're so early in this episode still. The police go to... This is such a talky episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And some of the things they say is really interesting, and some of the things were like, whatever, they go yeah. here, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so back in 1985, they get the anonymous call. The police go to interview Jacob, and they go and they talk to him and Sarah Jean, and then leave, but they're suspicious. So they go wait to get like a warrant, and they come back three hours later. Riley's gone but they do find the bodies. Um, which is interesting to me because they got a warrant to search his house. But like they were buried like under the floor. So were they just like, I'm getting a real bad vibes. Why don't we just bring that ground penetrating radar? I mean, I imagine they came back with like a dog maybe. Oh. That's what I, that's what I would imagine. It's like if they were looking for bodies, they would have come with a dog before yeah. ground penetrating radar. That's true. Um, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. They get a pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm so you're... glad. Yeah, <laughs> so glad. Kevin reminds you get one pass. Uh so we find out that Jacob ordered Riley dead. Uh, and he told the police that Sarah Jean had assisted him, but she only ever confesses to Riley's death. Uh, they call Jacob a sexual psychopath, which he brings up again later. Hotch is like, you're a psychopath. And he's like, a sexual psychopath. Don't forget that. And I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And They then... don't use sexual psychopath again, do they? 
they usually say like sexual sadist. Or a sexual They don't tend to use psychopath too often, honestly. No, they usually go with psychotic. Yeah, which is not better, but... Yeah, they only use psychopath when they mean, like, emotionless and manipulative, you know? They, But I don't think they use it a lot. Because psychopath yeah. and sociopath both fell out of favor um, around that time. Because it's True. like, how do you classify someone people are different you know et cetera, et cetera. yeah exactly um, yeah yeah so now you would say somebody like you you would have them diagnosed with a specific mental illness that can present with that you know you wouldn't just be like oh that's yeah. like bad um okay so and then this is where they re-describe sarah jean as like she's like a war victim which I think they meant that, like, he had abused her to the point of, like, PTSS, you know? And then we find out that two people requested interviews. And Gideon goes, okay, Hodge, go interview Jacob. Morgan and Elle are going to search Sarah's home. Uh, it's set to be demolished, so go look at it. And then he turns to Penelope and he says, remember, Garcia, 75% of communication. And she goes, it's nonverbal. And I did think that was very cute. Yeah, I love that she, like, this episode, you're like, yeah, hey, you do this job a lot, and you've learned some things. Yeah. I love that for you. Even though in the car, she's like, hey, guys, um, interviewing serial killers is not in my job description. <laughs> she, like, says that in the car. And she's going to do great at it anyway, she's sweetie. She's going to be so good. She's she's so good, bestie. Um, <laughs> love her so much, bestie. I love her so much, bestie. <laughs> uh, so Morgan and Al go to Sarah's house. Elle's driving. Elle does of drive. Of course she is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We know that bitch is not gonna let a man drive her anywhere. Are you kidding me? I was like thinking about that. I was like, so like in the hierarchy of drivers, Derek beats Gideon and JJ. Uh-huh. Elle beats everybody else. <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> I feel like Gideon... I was really surprised she beat Hotchner in that. Yeah, well, I think he wanted to look through his papers. Because he fair. You, in the future, the people who drive the most are like. Hotch, Derek, JJ drives later on once Derek leaves. Like Luke drives, Matt drives, you know. Or like Reed never drives. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Emily, Emily does when she fucking has to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't think like oh Alex Blake drives. Yeah, Reed refuses. Oh, I also think I think Gideon is one of those people who's like, I'm not driving. I need to think. I need to sit here and be in my mind palace. Like, I feel like Gideon straight up refuses to drive. You know someone's what? That like, honestly tracks. You know, someone's like, hey, Gideon, well, do you drive? And he just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Honestly, so true. Gideon's like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I will not drive. You can. <laughs> oh, thank you for asking. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then we learned, this is what we learned, that Sarah Jane, Jean, Sarah Jean, would lure victims into her car being like, hey, want to go smoke pot with me? But then when they got into the car, there was no pot, but there was Jacob. The way that they do this scene at the Dawes household is actually, I think, interesting, but very corny. So they have 
Elle is like, oh man, I studied this case. Here are some fun facts about it. While I literally paint the picture of what is going on behind them with the dorkiest, most 2006 ass graphics, where like the workshop comes into focus behind them and gets, gets like drawn on with fucking gradient wipes as they're going through and like saying things. I was trying to think if like better graphics would make the scene better. But there's just something so corny about like there was an arch right there and then she fucking Disney Channel draws (laughs) an arch and there's the work table. You know, it's like, oh, man, marks on the victim's bodies matched all of his tools and then the tools magically appear. Yeah. And Derek is like and he used a bench saw to dismember the bodies but like and he turns and then he's like gesturing to a bench saw that has magically appeared beside it was just like i i don't need that like i'm not an idiot like i know what a workroom looks like it was just i don't know i think it was weird that they were like his workshop was back here and then every single piece of evidence of that entire workshop is just disappeared and gone i think that's weird i was like why are there no walls then if there used to be a workshop here like well i think i think the house has been sitting empty for 15 years and now it's set for demolition like that's what they're saying it was just it was weird to me that they were like let's the rest of the house is mind picture yeah and then but not the yeah workshop i think they they like got rid of the workshop so that they could uh, CGI it back. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, guys, this house is perfect, except there's an actual workshop in the backyard. And their location director is like, yeah, that's what you fucking asked for. And they're like, no, 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 no. no, no. We want to CGI this. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> God. Their fucking yeah. location director is like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, I wonder if the, like, arch, his thing with arches, I wonder if it's like, his work table had an arch. Therefore, he had to put arches everywhere. But that just feels like... Or he, like, killed them under arches, so he liked to put them under arches. Yeah. Like, what if his work table had been, like, triangular? You know? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, they never explain the significance. They're just like, yeah, dude, he, like, totally loves an arch. <laughs> and then later on at the fucking gazebo, there's not an arch in sight, and yet <laughs> it's a it's like a dome top, and they're like, "That's an arch." It's like, no, it's like, no, you're not. That's, that's not, not what an arch is. <laughs> I know you aren't architects, but I feel like all of us should have a working definition of what the fucking arch is, yeah. and that that ain't it. But that ain't it. It was it was literally a gazebo with a dome on top, and like the the pillar part wasn't even arches. They were literally like, the top is round. There's an arch. Like, <laughs> Just yeah. so strange. It, it would have been interesting if he had some weird, like, you know, gates of heaven. Like, if he had some sort of, like, symbolism that went with it. If, if we saw his cell and he had drawn arches everywhere, like... If there was something, up, if he had gotten, like, yes, a, a scar on him from his father's abuse that was an arch. You know, like, if there was something that made it 
real otherwise it's like yeah he's a contractor and he's like super into arches <laughs> and gazebos with dome tops like <laughs> what does that mean eternal <laughs> minds what does that mean architecturally it means you're stuck in the past it means you're really stuck in like the 80s <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah you're it's weird that they were like arches 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 and then don't and do he, anything with that there's three arches, right? There's his work table that happened to have an arch on the back. Uh-huh. There's the archway he built in the mother's house, uh-huh. which is a totally normal thing to put in a house. And then yeah. a gazebo he made with a dome top. That's not being obsessed with arches. Like, that's, I bought a table that looked like this. I helped out my mother-in-law with a very 80s style doorway. And I and I I made a an open top gazebo, like I, I just don't get it. I don't know why they kept being like, "There's gotta be a body under here." He always buried them under arches, like yeah. It's just so weird that they were like, "This is it, gang." And what it was was nothing actually. Nothing. Yeah, but it anyway. was was nothing. What it was was nothing. That should be the episode title. Title. What right, it was I'll write it was down. nothing. Give me a second. Let me just kind of open up our master doc here. And <laughs> our master doc. Oh goodness gracious! This show is going to be the death of me. I know. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. What's what? No, it's not where your are fault. We? It's fucking criminal minds fault. Where are we? What are we doing? Where are we? What's going on? I'm scared. <laughs> okay um yes uh they're talking about i don't know what that means <laughs> james i'm getting really scared now you haven't told me anything what's going on okay <laughs> jacob was abused as a child uh-huh Sarah Jane's mother refused to talk during the court case. She, like, didn't defend her, didn't say anything, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Derek and Elle are going to visit. Talk with her. See if she'll talk with them now mm-hmm. um, and see if she has any more insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Gideon and Reed go to talk to... Um, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jean. Sarah Jane. And they're walking. We just like here and not here a lot in this episode. So yes, JJ too. They're just like they're both of them are just kind of like hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Like they'll be they're in the they're in the bullpen for when we need them, but don't worry, gang. Yeah. They're not here right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like in group scenes, they are there. Uh and they do we see them walking a couple times, but not a lot happening with the two of them. Um, okay. They walk to Sarah Jean's cell and the warden is like, they call this Dead Man's Alley. Um, cool. And then... <laughs> Thanks for the fun fact about your prison, warden. Like, cool, I guess. Cool, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, what did he want their response to be there? <laughs> Both of them are just kind of like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense, cool. I guess. Like, cool. All right, yeah. I get it. I understand yeah. the point of this name. All right, goodbye. Um, we learned that Sarah Jean has had no contact with Jacob and, and no contact with other prisoners because they all hate the shit out of her. Um, cause she killed a child and that's, you know, the big no, no. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. 
they see the art hanging on her walls and Gideon's like, I want to know why you did. I want to know why she did this. Cool. Then we go back to the mom's house and on the outside of the mom's house is spray painted. Go to hell, Sarah Jean. And I just wanted, I was like, Sarah Jean doesn't live here. <laughs> like guys, she's not, guys, she, you know that she's in prison, right? She's not here. She's not, she's been in prison for 15 years. She's she's in the prison that other people are at yeah. chanting, go to hell, Sarah Jean. So like, yeah. you know that she's not here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mom lets them in. She's drunk. They're like, tell us about Sarah Jean's like upbringing. And the mom's like, she was just fine. But until she met Jacob, he was, you know, shy, quiet, smart, and like drew her in. Um, and then you- Which also very much contradicts the Jacob that we've seen. Yeah. Who is a fucking insane creepazoid. Yeah. Who, like, wants to smell people's hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's uh, just, they, they paint a very confusing picture of Jacob Dawes here. Yeah. Uh, and then we find out that Sarah Jean's dad was military. He was very strict. He and Sarah Jean didn't see eye to eye. Uh, but he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. The mom is like, specifically, she's like, he never hit her. Yeah, she's very me. specific. Like he never hit, he never laid a hand on her. Yeah, but he did hurt the mother. Uh, and the and Derek's like, "Why didn't you leave?" Which is very like, "Shut the hey, fuck up, Derek." Hey, Derek, hey, you Derek? know how emotional and physical abuse works. Like you know that it's incredibly difficult for abused partners to leave to their leave. abusers. Like, Especially if, they, like if there's a children, if there's, if there's a child involved, doubly so. Yes. I, he said that and I was like, Derek Morgan. You know better than this. You know better than this. I feel Derek like Morgan. every time we talk about Derek in these early episodes, we're like, young man, you're better than this. You're better than this. I know. And I hate it because I genuinely, genuinely love Morgan. He's one of my favorite male characters to like ever exist, you know? Yeah. He's such a good guy constantly. He's so supportive. He's so nice. He's kind. He like is very protective of his female coworkers without like being, being that macho guy. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just like, yeah, it's harder for women, so I'm gonna be good, you know. And I love that about him. But in these early seasons, fuck. They I think I blocked it from my memory. With- yeah, yeah. Cause every time I see him do something super shitty, I'm like, Derek, <laughs> why are you doing this? Derek, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I was like, I love you, Derek. <laughs> Don't be like this. <laughs> um, anyway, you've, she's like, we had no place to go. Like, where would we have gone? Uh, and then the mom says that she had a letter. Or the, they ask her, like, do you know who made that anonymous phone call? And she says, like, I got this letter this morning. And she hands it to Elle. And Elle reads it and says, it's a statement of innocence. which feels very formal it's just like a letter of sarah jean being like sorry you have to live with people thinking i did this thing um but basically she gets a letter that they're like oh we can use this like look it sounds like she's trying to say she's innocent and also why didn't they know about this already i thought they read all your mail if if you're on death row I was under the impression that if you are on death row, they read all of your ingoing and outgoing communications. Is that like maybe I thought you weren't allowed to have at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. It came came that morning. It came within 48 hours of her death being put on death, like 
in Dead Man's Alley, you know? So, like, how? I was, yeah, that's, I, like, when I got to that point, I, like, zoned out for a second because I'm like, wait, I thought they can't send, like, letters or anything. But then I, like, zoned back in. I'm like, I've completely missed the last minute of this episode. Let's just move on. (laughs) Let's just move on. Okay. And move on, I did. So then we go back to Gideon walking with Sarah Jean and with Reed is there, too. Uh, and then Hotch walks by with Jacob and he's like, hey, Sergene, it's you. I missed you. Like, <laughs> we're going to be remembered forever. Yay. And she's literally like, she's blank faced. And then she turns around and goes, you orchestrated that, didn't you? Did you learn something, Jason Gideon? You know, it's like. Which is like, damn, what a power move, honey. Yes. I love that. He's like going nuts. Hotch. <laughs> we get some primo angry face hotch this whole episode when he i'm skipping ahead a little bit but when he's talking to jacob and he is like full brow furrows looking up under his eyebrows like full grim full grimace like i was like "Mm, floppy haired angry hotch though (laughs) i love this boy (laughs) this was a fun episode for hotch honestly it's a fun episode for everyone individually but as a whole, the episode still manages to fail. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, actually, though. Like, this episode is less than the sum of its parts, unfortunately. Yes. yes the parts think, are all very good. I think that's what we were trying to get out earlier, is, like, love JJ in this episode, love Penelope in this episode, Reed gets a cute little moment, Gideon's good, Hotch is good, separately the two unsubs are fine, like, L- like everyone separately, I'm like, I really liked them. I liked the individual scenes. And then I think of the episode as a whole and I'm like, I fucking hate this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like so weird. Um, okay. Uh, she's like, did you learn anything? And they sit down. And then it cuts to Hotch and Jacob and Jacob pulls out a deck of cards. And <laughs> Jacob is... Know. Yeah. Jacob's like, pick a card. Let me show you this really cool match. Jacob got pick a card. Hotch won't. He won't smile or anything. Oh, and he's like, why would I talk to you? And Hotch is like, for closure. And Jacob is like, I don't fucking care about closure. I'm going to be dead soon. Who gets a fuck? He like literally laughs it off. And I'm like, wait, I thought you guys requested this. I'm like, what is going on here? I know. I mean, Jacob anyway. definitely did it as a whole like power move. My real question yeah. is, why did Sarah Jean do this? Like, did she just like want one person to think she was innocent? You know, it's like one of those kinds of things. Where you just need just one. Yeah, but like they didn't explain it enough. I don't know. Um, okay, so Sarah Jean is talking to Gideon and to Reed, and she says that Jacob was like freedom. Uh, then L calls Penelope and is like, "Hey, patch me through to Gideon," and she starts reading the letter, and Gideon starts reading it out loud to Sarah Jean. Sarah Jean, and she like jumps him and like pulls his earpiece out, uh, and then Reed, which I loved this, Reed starts reciting it because he also has an earpiece in. So when Gideon can't read, just starts, you know, uh, which I really loved. Uh, and then yeah, she's like, "It's a like, neat moment of teamwork, you know. Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work, gang." Yeah, I mean, you know what they say: seventy-five percent of communication is nonverbal. Read and Gideon fucking telepathically mind melded. Or we just got the general idea because Gideon was standing <laughs> right next to him when he started to read mm-hmm. to like repeat the letter, you know. I will make One this of the show two. have magic in it. I've just decided. Okay. 
like this show like wheels up because I think every time we talk about Criminal Minds is a little bit magical. Oh, that is very cute. Uh, but I was, ta- <laughs> I was talking about the uh, crime show Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. <laughs> hey, that's very cute. But um, no. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for asking. No. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, then Sorgene is like slapping at Reed trying to get his earpiece and he's got his like bony little arms and they're just like slap fighting for a second. And it was like so funny. Uh, uh, yeah, then they get pulled apart and um, Gideon's like, yeah, Sergene did not know about the murders. Like, no way. Which, again, this goes back to the like, how would you not like... No. Like, I, I I, think one of the saddest things, right, is, like, if she didn't think he was killing them, then she just thought that, like, he was making her get women for him to cheat on her with. Or did she maybe not even, like, get the women? You know, that's what she said but did she i I kind of thought the implication here was that she didn't actually know at all and she didn't get the women or anything because the way that l says it it's like they said that she lured women to her car to say to smoke pot or whatever that sort of thing um that's that's sort of what i got from it i don't know if that's what you got as well but you know i didn't at the time but now I'm thinking about how she reacted when she found out that, like, the daughter from that house she cleaned was missing. She yeah. was straight up like, oh, no, I didn't protect her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like she was, she. it seems like she was trying to, like, keep girls away from him, you know? So maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe, like, literally it's all made up. Yeah, I don't know. A case that circumstantial. I mean... <sighs> Yeah. Anyway. Fucked up. I'd love to know what she did in her spare time. Like, clearly she was, like, house cleaning for a few families, but, like, what was she doing the rest of the time? Just, like, hanging out? Hanging out with her little boy. I guess so. And her mother. Okay, so... They they talk about Jacob, and they say long-form repetitive abuse informed the creation of his love map. Um... So this relates to another deleted scene called Erotic Love Map. Oh, hate that, huh? Yeah, I, I do dislike that. Um, oh, it's a great band name. <laughs> Are you ready, Wisconsin? We're Erotic Love Map. We're going to rock your world. That, that does sound like a band I would pay a $5 cover to see in like a shitty... Like grunge bar, yeah. Don't forget to tip the bartenders. <laughs> we have yes. our al- our debut album on cassette over in the back <laughs> if you want to get it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we only make our records on eight tracks. You've really got to want to listen. Anyway. Can you tell we've got, we have collectively gone to too many shitty, like, grunge bar shows? Hole in the wall, I basement think you bars. Can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't forget, there's a special tonight uh, $5 for a tall boy of Pabst and a double shot of whiskey. 
Tip your bartenders. Okay. It's always just like, and then you leave and you're like, man, that was not worth how gross I feel currently, you know? As soon as you yeah. walk out, you're like, hmm, maybe erotic love map wasn't worth it. <laughs> man, I really thought erotic love map was going to be a great show, but honestly, they just, their albums are better. They just don't hold up live. God, that is the case for so many of those shitty little bands in yeah. terrible grunge bars. Studio oh engineering. It really does work fucking magic. What kind of music would Erotic Love Map make? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are, are they like Are they like an indie, like, cooing and it's slow and, and the bar somehow has is smoky, even though there's no smoking a lot inside kind of place? I... I feel like Erotic Love Map is like, I want to say they're like weird metal where it's like, yeah. they have like, sort of like that early Panic at the Disco sound of like, really weird like instrumentation for no reason and then also mixed with metal and you're like, this is a really strange choice, Erotic Love Map, but like it kind of does work on their studio albums, but it just does not hold up uh, when you see them live. I think erotic love map is like, you know, they get up real close to the mic and they're like, I wrote this song about my ex. It means a lot to me. You know, I, I really loved her, but she loved the road and I'm looking to settle down. And I guess that's how it's just going to be. And then the one, two, three, four, and you cannot understand a word. <laughs> what they're singing. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it's really garbage, like thrash metal. It's and like, just... Yeah, but like every intro is like, you know, I, I, I had dinner with my mom last Mother's Day and it, it really made me think about my childhood. And, you know, I, I wrote this song for her because, you know, she raised me as best she could. One, two, three, four. And then it's just wall of noise. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sure the lyrics are so deep, um, but I cannot even hear you singing. <laughs> I feel like it would be almost it would to me it seems almost like it'd be like a I wrote this for my high school sweetheart we yes. thought that we were going to take on the world together I loved her with my whole heart and then they do like the count off and then it's just like I hate you you super slut and that's like the whole song <laughs> that's what it seems like to me actually oh. I've changed my mind I think they're a shitty thrash metal band yeah, I think they're three <laughs> shitty thrash metal band but it's like one of those ones where you like your friends you're like in town you know visiting like your old college friends and you're like not super close anymore but you talk enough to like go spend a weekend with them and they're like hey we have tickets to see erotic love map do you want to come with us and you're like that sounds like a crazy time sure and you get there and they're like sobbing mouthing the words you can't hear and you're like oh yeah i'm never hanging out with you again i'm gonna go get a drink like yeah. That's erotic love map. <laughs> <Ugh>. Anyway. <laughs> what if we get a podcast where it's like we do talk about an episode of Crypto Minds every, you know, every time, but it's like we never actually talk about criminal always, minds? I feel like we're always just like spinning a big wheel of bullshit <laughs> to see what we talk about during the episode yeah <laughs> and this week it's erotic love map and <laughs> yeah 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 oh, 
Uh, anyway, it's it's the scene where Derek is talking to Sarah Jean's mom, and he's like, "We got to know about her." He says, "Erotic development happens from ages five to eight. Like your ages five to eight develop like determines like how you're gonna be in in romantic and sexual relationships." Uh, and if you're like being abused, then your love map gets polluted. And then once you have a polluted love map, um, then you're, you'll become a serial killer. It was unclear. <laughs> uh, well, I think the whole idea of the love map is like, I think the whole idea behind it is like, it sh- it depends the love map, I guess, kind of like informs how you receive and show affection. Mm. And if that gets polluted or if wires get crossed along the way, that's when things maybe start to go bad if nobody helps correct that. So, like, it's sort of your love language. And then if your love language gets all fucked up and garbled, then you're going to have some issues no matter what, even if, like, you do manage to, like, I'm sure a lot of people manage to work through that in a very healthy way. Mm-hmm. This is criminal minds, so you don't see those people. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure they do. You know. Okay, but like polluted love map is the name of the band that Erotic Love's Map drummer starts after he does get kicked out of Erotic Love Map. Yeah, and they last for like six months and everybody's really excited for them and then they come out with their first album and you're like oh man no it was actually the front man of erotic love map that made it so special yeah you're like oh i see why they kicked you out are we gonna have to make like fake band t-shirts for erotic love map with like fake tour dates on the back because i think that would actually be very funny our merch is like us sitting on the wings of the jet and then there's one that's just like a lot of erotic love map and it's like lightning bolts and like Brass it's one of those like shitty like metal t-shirts that's just imitating like Metallica's logo. Yes. Like- <laughs> but it's got it's got a very clear rectangle around the picture where they have ironed on individually. They have ironed the logo onto every single shirt. You know? Oh, God. That's our second piece of merch. So hey, if you would like to see um and purchase a shirt about if you'd like to purchase some erotic love math merch, uh, tweet at us at Wheels Up on Twitter. Let us know. At Wheels Up Pod. Yeah. If we get enough interest in it, uh, we'll definitely do it. I especially think erotic love map is a funny shirt and could just work really well. <laughs> Wait, but it's got to, there's got to be a map on it. I think the map on it is if we do it on the back and we do like fake tour dates. I'm just oh, saying I think oh, it would be really oh, fucking oh, funny oh, if we oh. did it on the back. It could be it could be um the erotic love map merch shirt. On the front of it is the shitty ironed on erotic love map. There's lightning mm-hmm. bolts, there's brass knuckles, uh there's, there's tiny a planes. skull for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a skull, some planes. Uh, but then the back is tour dates, but it's it's cities episodes have taken place. Oh my god! And it's like and like the air dates of the episode. You know, we can do it for like season one, the cities of season one, and the air dates of the season one episodes. That would actually be really funny. Okay, yeah, I'm writing it down. I'll write it down literally right now, and I'll talk to Jordan about maybe making it. I I would pay for my own erotic love map shirt. (laughs) Someone's like, "What band is that?" And you're like, "Don't worry about it." No, truly, truly. 
Do not worry about it. Do not think about this for one second longer. We learned that, I don't like the way they talk about this. We learned that Jacob was an only child, so he was alone in his abuse. Therefore, he has to be alone when killing victims. Like, to replicate the situations of his abuse, but this time with him as the abuser, he has to be alone. Therefore, Sarah Jean couldn't have participated. Because, again, he was an only child. So I don't like that. I don't know. It's a weird way to talk about only children, that's for sure. Coming from an only child. I, I understand the logical track they have taken. I just think it's wrong. It's I think that starting place was flawed. Weird. It's just like a weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jean obviously was the anonymous caller. Uh, so now they need to prove that Jacob is the one who killed Riley. Uh, and then we cut to a news report of a news reporter standing by the like um, women of Jacob, you know, saying that the news knows the BAU is there and they're like, they're trying to get them not to be killed, like all this kind of stuff. And I wrote, JJ mad. She's like, who the fuck told them that? We don't find out. She's like, who the fuck told them that? Um, yeah, she's like, now never Jacob's never going to talk. Yeah, they do not ever explain it. I don't understand. Um, Yeah, and then JJ's like, I have an idea. Get Hotch in here. And then she starts like, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. She starts like messing up her hair but then when she goes into the room with Jacob, her hair is perfect. She like just like center parts it and that's it. That's her whole disguising. Oh, you're totally right. She went from thing. a side part to a center part because in 1985, all his fucking victims would have had center parts. Yeah, exactly. That's like literally all she does. It's so weird. Yeah. But like, I love it. This whole scene with them is like, wow. Oh, Jennifer, you're a love of my life. Oh, I wrote that down. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, so they go back to Jacob. He's smoking. Um, and then Hotch walks in, all angry face. And he goes, come on, Hotch. Oh, no. He says, um, I know, I know. One day these things are going to kill me. I'm on his cigarettes. And Hotch doesn't laugh. And he goes, come on, Hotch. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, I no, that it. was. Everybody in this, like, first season is like, Hotch, can you lighten the fuck up, dude? Yeah. Like. Hey. Yeah. Laugh. Hey, hey, dude. Take a deep fucking breath. <laughs> Calm down, dude. Take a deep breath and laugh. Yeah. So JJ comes in looking, Mwah! chef's kiss. And uh, he's like, who is this? And she says, my friends call me JJ. And he's like, hello, JJ. And she says, you're not my friend. You can call me Jennifer. <gasps> Bad bitch moments. I'm gay. <laughs> I'm so gay. I'm so gay for Jennifer Jero. Uh, that bitch is only. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that scene. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and it was her idea, which I like, am so obsessed with. And he goes, that was a nice touch. Bringing in the hottie. <laughs> Honestly, not to be like so true to a serial killer, but like so true, she is a hottie. <laughs> but, like, so I literally was like, "You don't get to call her hottie. Only I get to call her a hottie." <laughs> like, so funny. Um, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna play poker, and JJ is dealing. Um, 
yeah, so let's cut there. I'm going to go back to uh, Sarah Jane and Gideon. Gideon goes back to see her. Sarah Jean. Gideon goes back to see her, and she's like, sorry for, like, getting upset earlier. I just wasn't expecting it. Like, that's my bad. Uh, and then he brings her paintings in, and she's like, um, that's my private fucking property. Which, and I'm like, like okay. girl, they are, you were displaying them. They were hanging. He could have just taken a picture of them. Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, also, like, I know you're innocent, but, like, you are on death row, though. Like, I don't think you have private property anymore. Yeah, I was going to so say, sorry. jail is pretty much the epitome of not having private property, but... Yeah. In the poker game, they show the cards, right? Um, I don't know anything about poker. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw that Jacob had, like, he could do, like, jack to, like, nine or something. You know, like, he had yeah, a good he hand. Had a, he had a straight, I believe. Yes. Uh, and then you see Hotch's cards, and he's got, like, three aces and two eights and i was like i mean both of them have good hands i do not know which is better <laughs> this this showing of cards means absolutely nothing to me i'm so sorry criminal minds with um with poker straights like where you can go just right on up the cards are usually pretty good um but even better than that i believe is getting pairs or three of kinds or like four of kinds though so that's um, like the step above basically mm, so the fact mm-hmm. that hotch has two hearts and then it's two um, aces sorry, and two, two eights, eights, two eights, two aces, and then he like replaces some of his cards and gets another ace. So he has yeah. three aces, two eights. Um, commonly called apparently like a dead man's hand, which I believe that's a deadwood thing. So a right? dead man's hand is the straight because um, no, because Jacob is like no, he makes I the joke of like with a I should have had hand. that hand. He's oh. like, oh, you have the dead man's hand. <laughs> Ironic. I should have had that one. Oh, okay, um, yeah. He's like, unfortunately, though, I win with this straight. Um, right. And I believe the origin of the dead man's hand is the fact that somebody got shot while having that hand. Wild Bill Hickok uh, got killed in Deadwood, South Dakota, while he had those cards in his hand. So it's called the dead man's hand now. That's very fun. That's just like a fun little fact, man. Just like a little trivia, a little trivia. Just story. a little trivia fact. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, uh, but we're not there yet. They just they show the cards, and I was like, "Cool, Criminal Minds." I don't know who's gonna win. Um, and then Gideon... it felt a little bit like. Have you seen James Bond Casino Royale? <laughs> when it came out, <laughs> it feels like every time in that movie they showed us like the cards and expected us to have a reaction. And I don't know shit about poker, so I was like cards that's what this felt like i was like cards (laughs) but it was also like i wish they hadn't done that because the reveal that hotch wins would would have been even more like powerful it would have been more of like a mic drop moment if he hadn't it still was but it but it would have been for us too you know yeah um Mm -hmm. so okay gideon and sir jean are talking about kids she's like super curious about his children oh we find out that gideon's son is 25 we do find that out which explains, I think, why he's so yeah. attached to Reed, who is only a year younger than his own son. Um, yeah. And Sarah Jean is like, children suffer for their kids. And she's like, do you carry a picture? And he's like, no, it's my office. And she's like, okay, you don't carry a picture to protect the kids, you know? And she's like, we want to leave them somewhere safe and clean. And he's like, where's Riley? And she's like, he's saved. He's in a better place. Um, and then the chaplain comes and that conversation is done. Uh, we go back to the card game. Which I really like. I just want to stop there. I really like that conversation that they have. I yeah. really like, like, 
you don't carry a picture of him with you to protect him. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little weird because I think we showed earlier in the same season that Gideon does carry pictures of people with him. Yeah. Um, yeah but not his own They're kid. not his own son, I guess. That's fine then. Yeah. <laughs> um, these people have already suffered terrible things. What's a little more, I guess. Um, that was like two or three episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. They're really yeah. inconsistent with it, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But I do. I actually do like that conversation because it's like, yeah, like you like. F- it was just a good. I think it was just a well acted and good like level ground conversation for both of them. Actually, I just really mm-hmm. think they bounced really well off of each other as actors. I just think it was really good. Anyway, yeah. that's it. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. Oh, so I forgot to mention. When they start playing poker, they make a bet. And if Hotch... fucking bet. I know. If Hotch wins, then uh, Jacob will mention where somebody else, another woman was buried. If Jacob wins, he gets to smell JJ's hair. And Hotch immediately goes full like, absolutely not. Uh, And JJ's like, it's okay, Hotch. It's fine. (laughs) And I was like, "Good, good for him. Good for her. Like, <laughs> do you think JJ cheated or counted cards somehow? Because the way that she says, "Yeah, it's fine. He can try. He won't beat my good shuffling." You know, I know that's interesting because she does shuffle and then she does like the bridge, another yeah. arch, boom, boom, boom. Right? <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I know we do a podcast where we talk constantly, but shut the fuck up. JJ also, we find out, like, we see in later episodes, like, she can beat Rita cards. Yeah, so I assume she knows how to count cards. And yeah. I assume so, can yeah. deal like this. So, like, do you think she cheated? Or, like... Uh, she sounded so confident. I feel like she was just, like, I don't care. You know, she was trying yeah. to be, like, it's fine, Whatever, fine to get the name of the women. It's just yeah. my hair. Yeah. yeah He's like gonna can... die today anyway. Who cares? It's fine. I'll just go take a very long shower. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go yeah. take the world's longest shower. Yeah. Uh, so then so then they put the cards down and Hodge puts his down and he makes it look like he has two aces and two eights. So it looks like he lost, which I don't know why um, Jacob isn't like, you have another card. Show it to me. Why do you have yeah. cards? It's like, you um, know, we both had five cards, right? Yeah. And then so then Jacob is like, oh, I, look, I got this straight. I win. How funny. Um, and JJ does for a moment. JJ is like, oh okay uh, but then Hotch is like oh I'm, I'm so sorry and he like spreads his card and he's like mm, I got whatever this is called um wait I, did I write it down nope um Hotch wins Hotch wins Hotch wins and Jacob goes like oh so, so close like darn yeah this is when he calls it a dead man's hand um so then he's like Jacob says there's no other bodies, so Hotch and JJ get up, and Hotch pretends to get, like, a call, and he's like, hmm, hmm, oh, there's been a hold on Sarah Jean's execution, and so, um, Jacob is, like, actually angry, like, this is the first time he gets, like, actually angry, and he's like, she killed him, I'll show you, tell you exactly where he's buried, and that's when they're like, ooh, uh, and they go to the gazebo. And they find the skull with the ground penetrating radar. Um, the the gazebo with no arches. With no arches, with a dome. But a dome. 
which I yeah. guess is the same thing if you don't know what an arch is. I feel like I feel like the person who wrote this episode didn't know what an arch was. You know? This feels yeah. like you know when people they're like, oh man, this uh fucking medieval painting of a cat looks like it was painted by somebody who had never seen a cat before. I feel like this episode of Criminal Minds was written by somebody who had never seen an arch before. They definitely Uh, just meant like curved ceiling type things, you know, but they said arch. I wonder if like... What are you doing here, bud? I wonder if they like had an actual arch and then something happened and they had to like use a gazebo instead and they were just like i mean it's arched Arched. (laughs) it's curved upwards like okay yeah Yeah, okay back to command center uh the id comes through for another victim um or wait they're going they're going to get another no the id comes through and it's another victim and it's a woman she's like a blonde woman who's been missing for a long time um And then Gideon is like, Sarah Jane is going to be his last victim. Like, her death, like, that's going to be his, like, final victim. Um, And then they go to Sarah Jane's, like, cell, and she's eating in and out Which... No, she's eating Hardee's. Oh, Hardee's. I saw that and I was like, they don't have in and outs in Florida. But it's Hardee's, which they don't have in South Florida. That's why I don't know the fucking symbol for it. Um, they only have Hardy's central and upwards. Wasn't well, it also like Carl's Jr. What the fuck ever? Yeah, but still. Miami has fucking nothing. I didn't have a Sonic until I went to college in Tallahassee. Seriously? There are no Red Robins. Uh, I never saw an Applebee's in Miami. Um, Zaxby's, Whataburger, no... I don't even think there's like Chick-fil-A's down there. And again, I haven't lived in Miami in, you know, a hot minute. There might be now, but there weren't when I was growing up. I used to see commercials for like Sonic and be like, is that a, how do I go to that? How do <laughs> I, I get there? Get Sonic. God, now I want Sonic. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck, I'd love a cheeseburger right now. <laughs> I know, same. <sighs> anyway. Let's finish this episode, huh? We've been recording for nearly two hours. <laughs> we're almost done. We're almost done. Okay. Uh, our, yes. So then... The girl's name was Ashley, and you find out that Sarah Jean was Ashley's parents' house cleaner. And so when he Gideon tells her, she's, like, super upset about it. Um, and Jacob won't tell them any more victims, and he's like, please, like, just, why are you doing this? And she's like, you need to leave. Um, and kind of implies that she, like, hid Riley to keep him away from Jacob. And then Gideon goes back to the command center, and he's like, he just goes... Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and Reed is like, Book of Genesis. Yeah, okay. Or whatever it was. And he's like, Gideon says something like, Moses' mother was supposed to kill him, but instead she like put him in a basket and like sailed him down the river. Um, and I was like, why do we need this metaphor? Like, Jason Gideon, like, we get it. Like, you you can quote the Bible. Like, we get we it. We get it. You're a religious man. And you yeah. talk about it all the time. All the time. Um, He always wow. claims to be, like, not super religious. And then he talks about it fucking constantly. If you can quote the Bible down to, like, the book and the verse chapter number, 
you're a religious person. You know? Yeah, like, I can maybe say Moses was in, he wasn't in Genesis. He was in Exodus, in the book of Exodus, I think. But that's about what I remember. I know that Old Testament is pre-Jesus, New Testament (laughs) is Jesus. And I I, I can do some, like, you know, um, is David and Goliath in the Bible? Is David and Goliath in the Bible? Yep. That's Old Testament. Okay. Uh, what about Jonah and the Whale? Also Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can name a couple less, less <laughs> couple <of> situations. <laughs> the thing is, is like, so New Testament is all about Jesus and his funky crew. Uh, and I can uh-huh. say this. I grew up religious. Oh, that'd be um, best life. I can say that he had a funky little crew of like 12 dudes. Um, all of the no stories in new testament tend to have more like regular names (laughs) but like in the old testament they were like this is this is jonah and his fucking goliath and the whale and everything like it's all like weird names whereas like in the new testament it's like this is simon and peter and john (laughs) and mark (laughs) These are just four dudes that were in my business class. Like, (laughs) these are dudes who have a business degree. Modern day Bible AU, college AU. (laughs) Slow burn. Can't do this. Apostles to lovers. Stop. (laughs) The washing of the feet turns into a really dramatic, like, pre graduation ceremony thing. Ugh. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we see the warden, like, prepping the electric chair. Old. Sparky. Again, why? They really romanticized this fucking chair. Yeah, they did. It really, this was, I was like, okay, but like the slow mo montage of them like wiping the chair down, I was like, this shit's complicated. It's a little much. It's like a little much. (laughs) It's a little much. Um, they're going to be like fucking glorifying death and shit. Especially, okay, one thing this episode did not, um, address enough was the fact that that the legal system did put an innocent woman in jail though. Yeah. <laughs> On death row. And they are gonna they kill her. They were like they were like, you know, it's fine, she wants to die. Hand wave it away. But like But like they What the fuck? They did fuck up though. And it's they supposed did to fuck be up like real bad. And it's supposed to be like, you know, we're putting these criminals to death because they did all this crime and stuff but it's like you did like fuck up though like innocent people do die on death row you you did fuck up real bad yeah it was um mm -hmm. uh so then gideon's like going through her um wait oh no so then they like garcia look for like abandoned babies like look through the newspaper to find like abandoned babies and none were found and then it cuts to jacob being shaved uh his head and then Gideon's like, goes to the warden and is like, I need to get into her room. I need to talk to her. And he says, no, like it's five minutes before, um, like his death, like official lines of communication are closed. That's it. They're done. Um, and then the, he's, Gideon's like, please five minutes. And the guy's like, okay, fine. Five minutes. Um, he's really easy to convince too. Really easy to convince though. Um, like he didn't really have to try at all. He didn't have to say anything funny. He was just like, just five minutes. Come on. Yeah. 
It's like, all right, uh, fine. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then the guy like takes her outside. She and she's like, to look, look at, at the moon. moon. Yeah. She's like, um, how's your kids doing? Yeah. Did you tell your son about the story of the men on the moon? Like I used to tell Riley all the time that like, you know, as long as we, you know, if we were outside that we were looking at the same moon, like that kind of thing. Um, Gideon's like tearing her room apart. Here's the thing. He just like destroys everything in her room. Take finds the picture of the um him playing cello on the back of the painting. And then she's like in her room getting her hair cut, looking at the painting, flips it over and is like, they got the newspaper clipping. But like, did Gideon like find it and then like very meticulously put herself back together? So she I feel like he notice. ran out and somebody else very meticulously put her cell yeah. back together. Yeah, that's you know? Gideon. Because we know Gideon. how Gideon is. We do. Um, yeah, so there's a picture of the back of Riley with that cello and it's been cut so you can't see any text. Uh, and Hotch is like, JJ, go circulate this photo in the media. And she's like, do I say who it is? And he says, no, just say it's like, you know, a missing child we're looking for. Uh, Jacob tells them that there's four more girls. Uh... And then, yeah, Sarah Jane is getting her hair cut. And then as um, Jacob is, like, walking down Dead Man's Alley, he's like, Sarah Jane, we're going to be together forever. And he we're says... We're going to ride the lightning, baby. We're going to ride the lightning, baby. So that's our episode name. Um, mm-hmm. And then they realize that it's uh, that Jacob is... Or, um, that the picture is a recent photo of Riley. And yeah, because the kid yeah. obviously is like 16, 17 years old. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. And what so, other child would she be keeping a photo of in her she's hidden like, behind her painting? Yeah, I just, I just like to look at it. This makes me happy to know kids are happy, you know? <laughs> no, it's uh, him. It's Riley. Uh, so then Jacob is being put into the, you know, mm-hmm. straps for the chair. Uh, and hot, And they ask him, like, any last words? And he says, bring it on. And then Hotch like bursts in and like shoves the picture of Riley against the window and says, you lose. He's alive. And um, Jacob is like, no, no. And then they cover his face and they, they kill him. And I was just like, damn, Hotch. You really I needed this love... guy to know. Yeah, I love that, though. I love when people are like, Sure, maybe I won't win this situation. Yeah. But I'm gonna make sure the other person loses. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so satisfying. It is so satisfying. I like that though. This episode was very like protective hotch. You know, like protective of JJ, protective of Riley and the and Sarah Jean. So then Gideon goes to Sarah Jean and is like, Jacob's gone. Like, tell me now where Riley is. And um, Sarah Jean is like, this was never about Jacob. It was about Riley. You know, um, all I've ever cared about is keeping Riley safe. So, like, it doesn't even matter if I live or die as long as Riley is safe. Uh, so then you find we find out that Riley was given to the Sheffield family. Sarah Jean used to clean for them. Um and you see that Riley got a scholarship to play cello. So then so then Elle and Derek have to go to the house and they like get in the car and Elle's like driving, of course. But she goes, How long what drive is it? And he says it and he's 
he's like, that's not enough time. And she goes, you better buckle in. And she just, and just takes off in her fucking car. Woo. Love her for that. She's like, buckle the fuck up, bitch. Let's go. She does nothing in this episode, but like drive. 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 And honestly, love that for her. I love it. Good for her. Um, Oh, I wrote down, ugh, let her go Gideon. About when he's like, Sarah Jean, stop it. Like, you know, you. why can't we save both of you? Like, he's gone. Like, let me let you, let me help you. Let me save you. Uh, and Sarah Jean's just like, no, <laughs> stop. Let me I've made my this. decision. Yeah. Um, and then the, so Elle and Derek get there um, to the house. It's the Noah's home, but the family comes home. And they see Riley, so they're like, okay, we need to stay the execution. And they tell Gideon, like, Gideon, I, like, hate this, okay? Like, how it is ultimately Gideon's choice whether or not Sarah Jean lives or dies. Like, it's it is so not, weird. he has no right to do this, you know? Like, she's made her choice. She's thought this through. She's had 15 years to think this through. Then he shows up and he says... I know what's better for you. I know what's right. I know what's good. Like, this kid needs to know that you exist. Like, he needs to know about this. All that kind of stuff. And it's like, Gideon, that's not your fucking choice. Like, he's not your son. This isn't your life. Yeah, it feels like he's maybe, like, projecting a lot yeah. of it. And lot. also, like, I, it's, it's sad and I definitely sympathize. But, like, Sarah Jean has made the choice. For Riley to grow up and not know that his parents were serial killers. Yeah. You know, and like Gideon doesn't get to decide that that's wrong. Yeah, and I... It's a hard choice for her to make, but I really... Like, in that situation, I probably would have done the same thing for my child. Yeah. Like, it would be better to just think that you're a normal kid and not have to deal with the baggage of having a serial killer father that you didn't know about until you were like 17 and ready to go on and be a famous musician you know like it's yeah yeah and also like even if she lives would she get to go free or do they just take her off of death row because she's still like an accomplice and like everybody hates her in the public, so like everybody she's... hates her so goddamn much. Yeah, like like her, like like Riley finding out all that does is like open, and also because if this came out, you know, it would get into the media. Yeah. So Riley would then have to deal with like I just found out that I'm adopted, or I just found out who my birth parents are, and I'm also now being hounded for being the child of a serial killer, you know, and like. My mom is either in jail or she has to put up with all this stuff. It's just like, let the woman make the choice that she thinks is right for her kid. Yeah. And ultimately, I think she made the better choice here. I, I And I think, I, yeah. I just yeah. hate how Gideon is like, no, but no. Like He just thinks, like, you. he thinks he knows what's best for everybody. Like, in the same way that he's like, divorce bad, family should always be together. He's now like, I know what's every parent's choice should be and it's like dude you are divorced and also you kid doesn't talk to you why are you trying to make and also yeah you haven't talked to your son for fucking 20 years or whatever like yeah Yeah. so Gideon's like no don't say anything it's he's the wrong guy so Derek is like 
Derek like clearly knows like the choice Gideon has made, but he like goes along with it. And then the dad is like, thank you. you so it, it implies to me that the dad also knew. Oh, somewhat. He knew. Well, obviously I, I th- he knew where I the think... kid came from, but also like he knew the choice that they were making. Yeah. I mean, imagine like he, I I'd imagine that like they kept tabs on Sarah Jean, if only because like, because obviously, like, she trusted them enough. If only to send enough. her that photo. Like, otherwise, how would she have gotten the photo of the kid? Oh, I imagine and, it would have come... A newspaper from a different county. You're totally right. Yeah, exactly. Like... Yeah. It says to me that they were at least friendly-ish. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, at least not openly hostile to Sarah Jean. Yeah. And so it says to me that, like, when the FBI came knocking, they were, like, not we- surprised. Yeah. But also, like... These were people she clean. She cleaned their houses. She was their like house cleaner, but she obviously trusted them enough to, in her darkest moment, go to them and say, "Please keep my child safe." Yeah. And they did. You know, clearly they're good people. You know. Yeah. And I and I I feel like I mean obviously this is totally projecting. We see one scene of them, but like I can imagine them telling him when he's older, but he's fucking sixteen right now. Yeah. You know, like, let him focus yeah. on going to a good college. Like, this isn't the time, you know? I feel like it's one of yeah. those things you eventually have to tell your kid, you know? But yeah, uh-huh, that's definitely. that's their the parents' choice, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then, oh, she's like, hey, Gideon, can you be the last person I see before I die? And he, like, goes in there and he, like, he does. There's this really, like, triumphant music playing you know like it's like it's got those like religious vibes like old-timey music you know uh try you have this triumphant like look at this mother making the sacrifice for her child and blah 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 can't be turned away mothers must always protect their children like all this kind of like these vibes and i was just like Kevin Mines, get over yourself. Yeah, they really... It was a weird scene. It was weird. Emotionally, I was very confused. Yeah. Also, like, coming right off of the last episode where they were like, families always have to be together, like, it really felt like there was somebody on the writer's team who was, like... Working through some shit. Yeah, someone had some real shit to say. Like, and they got, my God, they were going to see it in Criminal Minds. <laughs> they yeah. really were. It's very odd. Um, I wrote, question, nobody, no crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Taylor Swift, calm down. I know, wow. <laughs> okay, get, and, then, and then we go to the scene that was playing at the beginning, and it's Gideon watching Riley slash Byron. Um, play the cello. And he's playing that jaunty little dance tune, the prelude in G major. Yeah. Yeah. That one. It's very overdone and stereotypical, but I do like it here. You know? He's free. Yeah. I think it was in the first his father's undo undo uh from undo fatherly influence. Okay, I'm over this episode. Let's finish this. What do you rank it? Scale of one to ten. This is my one episode. 
This is you had a lot of good things to say about this though. You really liked the parts. I fucking hate this episode. Okay. I Listen, honestly I'm, was gonna give this like a four. Like I, I mean, wasn't gonna do be it. as Listen, I will give media a fair shake and I will say I will give it positive feedback when it deserves it. JJ in this episode, ten out of fucking ten. <laughs> um but I hate I hate I I dislike this episode. Yeah, this episode is a lot, and not a lot of it is good. No. Next time on Wheels Up, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 15, Unfinished Business. No memory. I, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> this one. Oh, I'm sure actually. it's a great one. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. Is it? Maybe it's Ghosts. Sure unfinished business no it's um the description is when a serial killer reappears the team works with a retired bau agent who just published a book about the perpetrator oh i remember this episode now it's i think it's one of those that like i think i'll remember it when i get into it but right now the words unfinished business mean nothing to me the guy's like giving a talk and like at the talk he like gets a threatening letter from the serial killer that's it. We're done talking about Criminal Minds for right now. Great. If you want to see like merch or anything like that, send us a tweet us on Twitter. We're at Wheels Up Pod uh, everywhere where social medias can be found. Yeah. We're always there. We're uh, always also, if you would there. be so kind as to give us reviews on Apple Podcasts, it really does help us out a lot. I've closed and opened my notebook like four times because I keep so forgetting many times. we finish this with an ending quote. <laughs> what? Is your ending quote. <laughs> what do you have for me here? I have it right here. Uh, and it's a line from Jacob, our good man Jacob. Um, Even though I like you, and I do like you, I'd like to be alone now. Honestly, so true. King of setting boundaries. Not to so true the a serial killer again. boundaries? <laughs> Not to like so true a serial killer again, but setting boundaries is important, gang. Even if you like somebody. I was going to be like, ha ha ha. Me. Let's finish this. I need to be alone and then just read up for my. So true. <laughs> <laughs> now you really do want to be alone because you don't want to talk to me anymore. And I get I, that. I would like to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. In the recording. <laughs>